0: Okay, so Esther chapter 5, and we're just going to read verses 1 through 8, and then we will pick up in Esther 7 later, if time will allow. We took our time recapping last week's lesson, so let's see how far we can get. All right, Esther 5, verse 1. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. And it was so when the king saw Esther, the queen, standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. I forgot I left out that uh, she could die. I'm sorry. She could die for going. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Awesome. So she could die for even approaching the king without the king summoning her. So that was why she said, if I perish, I perish. That probably didn't make sense to you. So she could have died if the, if the king did not lower that golden scepter to her for her to touch the top of it. Then that would have meant she did not obtain favor in his sight and she was in danger of being put to death. So that's why this was such a big deal for her to do that. But as we just read, the king, she obtained favor in the king's sight and she drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Verse 3. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther, and what is thy request? It shall be get, even given thee to the half of the kingdom. And Esther answered, If it seem good unto the king, let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Cause Haman to make haste, that he may do as Esther hath said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee and what is thy request even to the half of the kingdom it shall be performed then answered esther and said my petition and my request request is this or is if i have found favor in the sight of the king and if it please the king to grant my petition and to perform my request let the king and haman come to the banquet that i shall prepare for them and i will do tomorrow as the king hath said okay So we just came into the place where uh, Esther has approached the king and she has found favor in his sight. And instead of asking him right away what she wanted, she just simply asked them to come to a banquet that she would prepare for them. So uh, she did that. And who can tell what it really was about? Maybe it was just by the Lord's will and how he wanted this to all play out. But uh, maybe she didn't have the courage to go ahead and ask the king to save her people because Haman was there. So maybe she just lost courage in that moment. But uh, whatever the reason is, she didn't ask him, and she just asked him to come to a banquet again the next night. But this thing that Esther did took great courage. She was putting her life on the line in hopes that she would be able to save her entire people, that nation. And so just like Esther, we must be willing to lay our lives down for the kingdom of God, uh, saving souls that would otherwise die forever we are their only hope are we willing to lay our lives down or even part of our lives down to fulfill the calling that christ has given to us all and that is to preach the gospel to every creature are we willing to go into the inner court of our king on behalf of a nation that is dying so that is what we're going to talk about today and also look at how we can do this (coughs) and have the courage to approach the king just as esther did and so this one is Esther part two, the king's favor. So let's talk about our story here at the beginning of our scripture. We see that Esther goes before the king and it says that she puts on her royal apparel. She makes herself look beautiful and appealing. She puts on something that reminds the king why he chose her as queen above all the other women and also reminds him of how he loves her so much she didn't just throw on whatever was laying around she took great care in what she put on the key this was important because the king was going to decide whether she lived or died basically on her appearance he wasn't he wasn't going to be able to talk to her before this he was going to look up see esther in the inner court and decide okay am i gonna let this lady live for coming unsummoned or am i going to kill her where she stands So what she put on was very important. Uh, That would be quite the pressure for getting ready for the day because we can all be indecisive on what we're going to wear. Well, imagine if your life depended on basically what you're going to wear. So Esther enters into the inner court of the king. And so this phrase inner court, I like tried to look up stuff about that and I don't understand exactly what it is. I don't know if that's where laws were passed. I don't know if that's where the king and his princes just kind of hung out. I'm not really sure what it is. All we can be certain of, is, especially from scripture, is that the royal throne was in there. And that's where the king sat on the royal throne. So I can imagine that. Um... Can I get out of this? Sorry, I was going to show you guys a picture of the royal throne room, a couple of them. I have where is that one okay so this is one that shows Esther approaching the king And see how all the wise men are all around and that gigantic statue of, like, the lion? That looks so intimidating. She wasn't just walking up to the king into, like, the place where he got dressed or into his room. This was a place where people had respect for him and knew him and that he wanted to be viewed as king. Here's another one that I thought was especially beautiful in how they portrayed her dressed in all that pink she was going into the, the, the place where the king made law, perhaps, where the king sat on his royal throne. So um, this wasn't a place that was private or secluded from others. So the king's ego would be on the line. Everybody would know he didn't summon for the queen because they didn't hear him say, hey, bring the queen in. So they would all know it. So he had to decide what he was going to do there. This was going to be where people could see. The advisors would know that the king could kill her just for approaching without being summoned. So Esther approached the king and she found favor in his sight. He lowered that golden scepter and she touched it and her heart, her life was saved. So what made Esther so appealing to him? Do you think it was the clothes? Or maybe the way she did her hair, or the fact that she wore that royal crown that told him who she was? Or was it just because he loved her so much already that it made his heart glad to see her coming to him? Whatever the reason was, we know that he lowered that scepter for her to touch, signifying that he approved of her presence and she would live. And what he said was so interesting, though, because Esther 5.3 says, Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther? And what is thy request? It shall be given thee to half of the kingdom. And he repeats this over and over. He says this like two or three times, more times in scripture saying, hey, I'm going to give you up to half of my kingdom. I don't care what you ask for. This was like divine favor that she got from him because it wasn't just, oh, there's Esther. Oh, what do you want, honey? You know, I got a couple couple dollars in my wallet, I'll let you have. No, he was willing to give her to up to half of the riches of his kingdom for whatever she wanted. So this was an amazing thing uh, for him to say that. Um, so she got to go from worrying whether she was going to live or die to being request to being granted a request up to half the kingdom. So instead of making her petition in front of everyone, Esther simply invites the king and Haman to a banquet that night. And when they come to the banquet, Esther still does not voice her request, but she simply asks them to come to another banquet the next night. And so we're going to skip a cup uh, a chapter. That is still very interesting, but we're just not going to go over that tonight. If I'm able to do a third part to this, maybe we'll look at it, but I don't know. That's, we'll just see what the Lord wills for that. So chapter seven, we're going to read the whole chapter. Esther seven, one through 10. So the king and Haman came to the banquet with Esther, the queen, and the king said again unto Esther on the second day at the banquet of wine, what is thy petition, queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? And it shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom. Then Esther the queen answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, I had held my tongue, although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. Then the king, Ahasuerus answered and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he and where is he that durst presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, The adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. And the king, arising from the banquet of wine and his wrath, went into the palace garden. And Haman stood up to make request for his life to Esther the queen, for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place, Of the banquet of wine, and Haman was fallen upon the bed whereon Esther was. Then said the king, Will he force the queen also before me in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Okay, we'll just go ahead and stop there. We don't need to read those next two verses. Basically, Haman gets hanged. So we see that Esther was able to save her people, and Haman failed in his attempt to annihilate the Jews. And so tonight, Uh, We're going to move on quickly to what we wanted to drive this home at tonight. I want you to imagine that you are Esther. You are Esther. The king is God and Haman is the devil. You are wanting to save lost souls. We're wanting to save our nation because it's going so far astray. The young people today, there are so many atheists, there's so many believing in false religions that it is so sad. This nation and this world needs a radical move of God. And how are we going to help that come about? We must enter the king's inner court. We must petition for the lives of these people. And so I know each of you probably personally know people that are not living in Christ and desperately need to be saved by his amazing grace. So to make it even more personal, I want you to imagine with me that it is up to you to approach the king to plead for their lives. I want you to actually get people in mind that you know are not ready to meet God. That you know that they are not living the life of Christ. And if they died, they would go to hell because they have not professed Christ as their Savior. Think of those people. I want you to keep them in mind. These are the people that you are going to need to go before the king to petition for their lives. So, uh... The only chance that they might be saved by the enemy's wicked plot is by you exposing his plan and begging for their lives. You are their only hope, which is the truth. I want you to imagine it, but then I want you to realize that this is the fact of the matter. So you have uncovered this plot and you are going to approach the king with a plan to overthrow the devil's plot and to save these people that are lost. What are you going to do before you enter the inner court of God? You're going to get dressed. So what do we put on? Jesus. Or if you said the whole whole armor of God, I would take that too. But we put on Jesus. Jesus is our righteousness. What pleases God more than his son that has died for the sins of all of humanity? Just as Esther put on her royal apparel, she put on what she she felt would... give her the most favor before the king, that is what we must do before God. And the thing that will give us the most favor every single time is not our righteousness because our righteousness is as filthy rags. We must put on Jesus's righteousness. So check to make sure your relationship with Christ is real, that you have truly submitted yourself to his lordship. I'm not, this doesn't mean you doubt your salvation. It simply means that you are sure of your salvation. If you are sure of who your Lord is, then it will take a fraction of a second for you to figure that out. That's all it will take for you to go, oh, yep, he's my Lord. I know it. I mean, I can say that right now, but if it takes you a pause and you're like, is he my Lord, you know, then just be sure of it. It, it, it. Just like it takes a fraction of a second to realize that you need him, that's all it takes to surrender your life to him. You don't have to say a long uh, religious prayer. You just have to invite him. Give yourself to Jesus. Now, King Xerxes would not have cared if some random person came into the inner court pleading for the lives of the Jews. If some random woman had come into the court saying, please save the Jews, please, then he would have been like, hang her. What's she doing in here? I didn't lower my scepter to her. But since it was his royal queen approaching him, he wanted to do anything for her, even up to half of the kingdom. He loved her. This was his his royal queen, and he he loved her and respected her. When we enter into the presence of God, he recognizes the royalty of us being his children by the blood of Christ. He knows us and he approves of us through the work that Christ did on the cross. We find favor in his sight just because of who we are in Christ. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time. Need we are allowed to come boldly before him seeking what we need in our time of need We will find favor in his sight. We do not have to worry about whether he will reject us We will find favor in his sight and he will lower his golden scepter for us to touch every single time Calm down now that is who God is. This is such a significant part of our Christian walk to realize that the God of heaven and earth will drop whatever he is doing to listen to the petition of his children. He will listen to what <laughs> He will listen to what we want and he will pay attention to our request every time. Do not forget that he hears you and that you have the king's favor every time you approach him. So then remember what King Xerxes said about granting Esther's petition. He said that he would grant her up to half of the kingdom. And so uh, in the story of the prodigal son, which is clearly a picture of God's love toward us, the father says to the older son, son, thou art ever with me and all that I have is thine. And so all that I have is thine. God doesn't just offer us half. He gives us all that we need to accomplish the work that he has set before us. We can worry about whether we will know what to do or how we will accomplish it, but when it comes down to it, all that the Father has is ours. His resources are never-ending, and he will supply every need <coughs> that arises. If you want to step out in faith and witness to these people that you are thinking about that are lost, he will provide for you all every step of the way he is there and he is our provider so to approach the father for your lost friends and loved ones in this nation is to go before him begging that he reverse the plan of the devil asking him to give you wisdom to present the gospel in such a way that will spark a light and fire in their souls asking him that he will provide a way for them to be saved and born again Uh, do y'all know what an intercessor is An intercessor is a mediator, one who interposes between two parties at variance with a view to reconcile them, one who pleads on behalf of another. So if Chiron was to get completely mad at Lane right at this moment, And I was to step in. And Lane gets mad back at her. And I was to step in and go, no, guys. Come on, Lane. You know that you like Kyron. This is just a moment where you guys are fighting. You need, it's okay. And then I look at Kyron. It's all right. I know Lane can be a little bit. But, he, but he's a great guy, and, and you guys are just such good friends. Come on, guys. I know you could. I would be intercessing. I would be coming between you trying to bring you guys back together. That is what Christ does for us. Christ stands before God, and he intercedes for us. And he says, God, you know, th- you're, these, these people that I have died for, I love them, and I just want you to, to provide their needs. He, he's up there before the throne doing that right now. And so what we need to do is we need to be the individual. Intercessor for the lost loved ones that we have on our hearts. We need to be willing to go before God and to say to Christ, Hey, Christ and, and Jesus, hey, you know, these people, you died for them. You love them. You want them. Please, please somehow make a way for me to break through to them so we can be an intercessor for the lost to be saved. So are you willing to go into the inner court of the king to plead for the lost? that are among your family and among your friends for the loss of this nation or even for the loss of the world if we don't then who will how can we just sit by while so many are lost and dying and going to hell After we have inquired and sought the Lord for souls that are heavy on our hearts, then we should go into action. We will not just pray and then expect it all to fall into place. It's a good thing to intercede. It's a good thing to pray. It's a good thing to go before our king. But we don't just go before our king and then sit by and do nothing. Esther had to prepare a banquet, actually two, before the king, before she was able to get the request granted. She got to work and she did what she could to make sure that the people would be saved. Seeking the Lord and interceding for souls will still bring, will always bring action afterwards. It may be different for everybody, but it could involve like maybe... talking about Jesus in front of your friends. It could involve you helping people out more, maybe finding a need that somebody has and supplying that need. Uh, we cannot just preach grace and love and then never show it. We, it has to bring action. And that's what the lost are so tired of. They're so tired of Christians that say that they're going to do something and say that they love God and then do nothing. They want something. They want to see something. They want us to put legs to our words. Um, it could uh, it could involve maybe giving your stuff away or giving more money or, or passing out youth flyers for a youth festival. Hint, hint. Regardless of what it is, you will be called to action to carry out the plan that you have sought the Lord about to save the souls that are on your heart. So this is what I want us to do tonight. I want you to just please just take it serious for a moment. I know that it's so... When you're young, everything's so frivolous and funny and fun, but there are people that need to hear the gospel, and we need to be ready to give it to them. I want us to pray about the souls that are on our hearts. If you don't, if you don't know anyone or can't think of one, anyone, you can ask the Lord to reveal someone to you that you could pray for that's lost, or you could just pray for our nation as a whole or even... Pray for other countries that are of a predominantly another religion, like China or India or the Middle East or Europe. There are lost people everywhere, and they need an Esther to enter into the king's inner court for them. They need you. We never know the impact that our lives can make for the kingdom of God. If we don't apply ourselves to what he calls us to do, if you never apply yourself to the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will never know the impact that he could have made through your life. You will never know what it's like to see a harvest of souls if you don't try to minister the gospel to the lost. So please just seek him tonight as we worship.